Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I tried to tell you, Mason Rudolph did enough in four games to end the 2023 season to where he's earned himself some money and the Steelers are going to try to re-sign him. Welcome into the Believe in Steelers show. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, flying solo on a Friday night. It has been quite the week, and I wanted to share some thoughts from Mike Tomlin's end-of-the-season news conference from earlier this week. So we'll talk about Mason Rudolph. We'll discuss plans to hire a new offensive coordinator from outside the organization and whether the Pittsburgh Steelers should pick up Najee Harris's fifth-year option in the 2025 season. Before we get too far ahead, today's presenting sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. The NFL divisional round is here. We're well into the NFL playoffs, and if you want to place a bet on any of the football action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V. You can see that on your screen right now. To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. It's no surprise Mike Tomlin says that the Steelers are going to try to re-sign Mason Rudolph. And I tried to tell you this before he spoke with media members. Now, he's going to make more money this upcoming season than he did in 2023. He tested the free agent waters last offseason. There wasn't a lot out there for him. And he came back on a league minimum, making a little bit more than a million dollars this past season. And it was only a four-game sample size. It wasn't enough to get by the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. But he goes 3-0 and to close out the regular season. Didn't have a turnover. Playoffs, different story. Threw a pretty crucial interception driving down in the red zone. But he made the most of his opportunities. And say what you want about Mason Rudolph. He was the Steelers' best quarterback in the 2023 season. And I would try to say, hey, Mason, can we sign you to a two-year contract worth about $10 million total, $5 million a year? You'll provide Kenny Pickett some competition, probably be the backup. You're probably hoping Kenny Pickett can be your starter next year because of the draft capital that you spent on him when you drafted him with the 20th overall pick in the 2022 draft. So Pickett will be back from injury, but... I would try to bring Mason Rudolph back. Now you're going to say, Mark, well, what about Mitch Trubisky? He's under contract for several more years. The Steelers have an out with Trubisky this offseason. And if they exercise it, it's about $4.6 million in dead cap money. Mitch Trubisky's coming off a year where he made $8 million this past season. It goes down a little bit if he stays on the Steelers roster. Something I do not want to see. But at $8 million in the 2023 season, he was the 28th highest paid quarterback in the NFL for this up for this season, the 28th highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And you did not get that premium from Mitch Trubisky in his play, filling in for an injured Kenny Pickett in games you needed to win down the stretch that make all the world of difference versus just sneaking into the playoffs as a seven seed versus if you win a game or two when Pickett's injured, maybe you have a better seed. Maybe you're still playing in the divisional round this weekend. And if you're Kenny Pickett, your three is huge for him. You'll have a new OC, so hopefully you get him better coaching, but it has not gone well. 
because six touchdown passes in year two for the entire season. Pickett's gone seven and five as a starter in back-to-back years, but in back-to-back years, he has missed time due to injuries. So even if you're Kenny Pickett's biggest supporter, six touchdown passes, I've seen quarterbacks do that in a single game. Year three is going to be vital for Kenny Pickett. And I'd imagine here's what the Steelers' plan would be. Pickett's obviously back. You try to bring Mason Rudolph back on a team-friendly deal. You exercise your out with Mitch Trubisky. And then you look to the NFL draft mid to late rounds. Is there someone that you can draft and develop and get as a quarterback on this roster? Because if Pickett ain't the guy, maybe Rudolph can be a decent starter, but a four-game sample size. Rudolph looked better this season than he did in 2019. And the big difference is, is the the presence of George Pickens and establishing and getting him the football. But you're going to have a new OC this upcoming season. Can that new OC get the quarterback right? But with Pickett, year three is going to be huge for him because the same question you're going to have about Najee Harris this offseason, you're going to have to decide with Pickett is, are you going to pick up Kenny Pickett's fifth-year option for the 2026 season Next offseason, you have to make that decision. So this is what's on the horizon for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's how I foresee the offseason playing out. Now, if Rudolph goes out in free agency and another team wants to pay him a premium or provide what he feels is a better opportunity to start, he could leave Pittsburgh. could very easily leave the Pittsburgh Steelers. And like I said, whether it's Pittsburgh or another team, someone will pay him More money, I promise you, he will make more money this upcoming season than he made uh, in the 2023 season, this past season, where no one wanted him. And he made the most of his opportunity, and he was ready. And he makes his Instagram post today, and all of his teammates are commenting on it. To me, if you're truly going to have an open competition next year with Pickett, you can't just say, let's award Pickett the starting position. And Pickett should look better. He's the first-round pick. When he's not getting hit, but when the game action actually unfolds, how does that go about? And I would evaluate them if it's Pickett or Rudolph the starter next year, assuming you bring him back, evaluate it by quarter, see where you're at after the first four games, the first eight games. That's essentially probably what I would do, assuming Pickett's going to be your starter next year. Where are you at after eight games? Where are you at after eight games and... We know what Rudolph can do now with the sample size that we saw. And he was better than Pickett this year. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. The one thing you might be able to say with Pickett is every time he started to show some progression, he'd get hurt or he'd get injured. He can't abandon pockets like he did this year. He's got to be able to hang in the pocket, stay in the pocket. Rudolph has a better deep ball than him too. That's That's just honest reality. That is just honest reality for how I see the quarterback position. So again, even if you're the biggest Kenny Pickett fan, even if you're saying he's the guy, he's the heir to Big Ben, the reality is he has not stayed healthy in back-to-back seasons now. The best ability is availability. And that's really, that's, that is just a fact. That's just a cold, hard fact. So um, Brian checking in. And this is essentially my sentiment as well, saying cut Mitch and give his money to Mason. I think the Kenny question is close to being answered. Brian, that's almost exactly my sentiment in a sentence. So that's how I would approach it and then bring a rookie in. 
Bring a rookie in and draft and develop and have your rookie serve as the third-string quarterback. Bring the rookie along. Have him learn. Develop that quarterback. And I've said this a lot, too, in drafting a rookie, and I don't think it should be a first-round pick. The Steelers have other needs. But 49ers moved off Trey Lance as the third overall pick pretty quick. We saw a number of other teams do this. The Cowboys did it back in the day with Dak Prescott. Like, uh, we've seen other teams move off a young quarterback pretty quickly. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles with Carson Wentz back in the day. Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick. So I could go on and on and on and on. And I'm rooting for Kenny Pickett to succeed. That's not what I'm saying. A local product, Pittsburgh, uh, going to Pitt for college, all of that. But he has a lot to prove. And again, six touchdown passes total in year two. Woof. And that's the reason why you fire Matt Canada midseason. The Steelers hadn't fired a head coach or coordinator since the World War II era, 1941. So you get him some new coaching. And that's a perfect segue. That is a perfect segue because the Steelers are going to hire a new offensive coordinator for next season. And finally, it's coming from outside the organization. Question I have for everyone watching, who do you want? Who do you want the Steelers to go out and get and hire as an offensive coordinator? Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, if you get a young, bright offensive mind, another team could poach that candidate as a head coach in 2025. So keep in mind in that of like, if you get someone like say Byron Leftwich or Frank Wright, don't lose your minds of, oh, that coach didn't work in previous stops because ideally this coordinator would be paired with Mike Tomlin and Kenny Pickett for years to come. Ideally. Ideally. And I guess you could say, well, what a great problem would be if you had such offensive success in the 2024 season that another team would want to poach that coordinator. That would certainly be a good problem. Some names out there that I've been seeing. I know Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, I know he interviewed for the Bears offensive coordinator position. Clint Kubiak. He's the 49ers passing game specialist. What uh, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan systems. I know the Steelers used uh, facets and components of their systems. But what I would say with my, uh, Matt Canada. It was wasted motion. How many times did you watch the Steelers this season? Specifically when Canada was the OC, where you see the motion man go past the quarterback and boom, you know he's not getting the ball the moment he passes the quarterback, the moment you know that that receiver is not getting the ball in an end round. You use motion to free other men up, to dictate and to show what the defense is running from a coverage standpoint to get the motion man open, to free things up. It's like as soon as the motion man would go by the quarterback under Canada's offense, you knew the ball was then going to go the opposite way, the other way. I never saw Matt Canada use a motion man as soon as he would get by the quarterback and not have an end round to where then the Steelers would throw the football to that same player. Didn't see it for the past two seasons. It drove me nuts. So when I hear that, oh, well, Matt Canada uses motion and components of high-concept offenses that we see the Rams run with Sean McVay in the 49ers run with Kyle Shanahan, it's it's wasted motion. It's, it's, it's cosplay for what those offenses are. 
So a new OC has to get that right. A new OC has to get that right. Clint Kubiak, the son of longtime NFL coach Gary Kubiak as well. He's a possibility. Eric Bieniemy is interesting to me. And he was the coordinator for the Washington Commanders this past season. Ron Rivera fired there. I'd imagine he's going to be on the open market, Eric Bieniemy, because the Commanders have a brand new ownership group. They'll have a new GM as well. I know Bob Myers is coming over from the Golden State Warriors in basketball to help out with the front office there. But here's something to keep in mind if you want the enemy. Washington passed more than any other team in the league with an average of 37 pass attempts per game right now. The Steelers are trying to be a smash-mouth, run-heavy offense. That's what their identity was this year, and particularly when Canada got fired, you had Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan that was your identity. We're going to try to run 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. And we're going to try to play a bully ball physicality mentality. So if you want Eric Bieniemy, he honestly kind of does the opposite. So just something to keep in mind if you want him as an OC. Daryl Bevel, the Dolphins quarterback coach and passing coordinators out there. Let me see who else here. Luke Getze, former offensive coordinator for the Bears. Alex Van Pelt, he's the offensive coordinator for several years with the Cleveland Browns. Byron Lefwich as well. He was Ben Roethlisberger's backup in 2008 and then again in 2010 through 2020, uh, 2010 through 2012. And I want to say this about Leftwich if he's the guy for the Steelers. I thought Leftwich got a bad rap because the Bucs offense struggled at the end of the Tom Brady era. But to me, the reason why they struggled is the offensive line and the running game couldn't get going. So then the onus fell on Tom Brady at, what, 44, 45 years old? Tom Brady in his mid-40s to where he has to pass on every play for you to even move the football. The Bucs couldn't run the ball. Okay, is that on the coordinator? Is that on the lack of personnel that you have? Not to make excuses, it's just the reality of the situation. And I've said this for a long time with the Steelers' offensive personnel. I think it's finally at a point where you've got some talent. But going back to that 2019 season, I'd say this all the time. With, with the personnel that the Steelers had, you can't make a gourmet meal with bologna and potato chips. Can't do it. You can't do it. Let me get to some people in the comments Corey Weeks saying people might laugh at Greg Roman, the Ravens' former coordinator, but he's familiar with the division. He's a run-first offense coordinator. The thing is, is he designed his offense around Lamar Jackson and his running ability. Certainly the Steelers want to run the ball, but they don't have anyone even in the remotely the same vicinity, whether it's Pickett or Rudolph or someone else, to run the ball. Uh, I would not go after Greg Roman, but... Again, he does have the familiarity with the AFC North. Corey, thank you for checking in. Shane Waldron, that's a name that Autumn is bringing up. He is the Seahawks offensive coordinator, 44 years old, and he has helped Geno Smith revive his career. So perhaps the same would be, could he be a quarterback whisperer to Kenny Pickett? Shane Waldron from Seattle is an interesting choice. Zach Robinson, the Rams quarterback coach, is another possibility as well 
Mike LaFleur, the Rams offensive coordinator currently. Kellen Moore, the Chargers offensive coordinator as well. Uh, Chargers will have a new head coach too. So, um, Steeler Chick checking in saying, felt left which was a scapegoat in Tampa. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. And go back and look at the statistics. The Bucs were dead last in the NFL in rushing. Was that my was that Byron Leftwich's fault, or was that they didn't have the running backs in the offensive line to get the push up front to be able to move the football? And if you can't run the ball, you're just going to get stuffed at the line of scrimmage. Run, run, and it's third down and long. Not a recipe for success. And the Buccaneers, the first two years with Tom Brady, looked pretty good. Looked pretty good. And when Brady was a little bit younger, the first year he went to the Bucs and they won the Super Bowl, they didn't even have a regular offseason to prepare. Remember, you had COVID and you couldn't practice together as a team and they had to go to high schools privately as players to work out and all that. You didn't even have a regular offseason. They went on and won the Super Bowl. So there you go. I think uh, Leftwich is definitely a possibility, definitely a candidate. And I thought he had some success with Tampa. Did I think he was always perfect? No. But again, they couldn't run the ball. It's as simple as that. Um, Brian's saying, any chance we hire some superstar hotshot college offense coordinator? I am going to say no to this because when Mike Tomlin spoke to reporters and media members this week, he was asked the question, would you prefer someone who has previous coordinator experience, previous NFL experience? And he said, yes, definitively yes. And okay, why is that? Matt Canada, his first NFL job was with the Steelers under Randy Feekner, his predecessor. Randy Feekner's first NFL job with the Steelers uh, was the coordinator as well, got promoted on up when the Steelers hired and fired other coordinators, previous coordinators. So when they fired an offense coordinator, allowed the contract to expire, oh, let's just go get the quarterback's coach and promote him to OC. They've done that time and time and time again. And after a certain point, you're going to continue to get the same results. So Tomlin was asked about this. He says, change need to be made. And if change isn't made, expect to continue to get the same results. Point being, I'd expect the Steelers to hire someone from outside the organization, which is what they'd said they'd do. And I'd also expect them to hire someone who has NFL coaching experience, NFL coordinator experience. So I don't expect them to go to college for some hotshot coordinator because they've tried that before and it hasn't worked to this point. So go get someone with some NFL experience. Brian, thank you very much for the question. I do appreciate it. Frank Smith is another name, Victory Asher, uh, the Miami Dolphins off offensive coordinator. The one question I would have is why would he want to make a parallel move? That's one thing that you have to keep in mind is unless there are specific firings to, say, a head coach and then the OC is not going to be there, the coordinator is not going to be there with what the head coaching vacancies are in the NFL right now for the teams that are looking for head coaches. If you're currently an offensive coordinator, why would you want to go to the Steelers to remain an offensive coordinator? Unless you're making substantially more money. I think money is the equalizing factor. Or to say Steelers have a better opportunity than where I'm at. But if the Steelers have a better opportunity, they've had, let's be honest, 
pretty dismal offensive output since the 2019 season when Ben shattered his elbow. So that's where we're at with that. That's where we're at with that. Let's keep this discussion rolling. And the next topic is, should the Steelers pick up Najee Harris's fifth-year option for 2025? Let me break this down for you in just a second. All right. If the Steelers decide to do this, they have between now and May 2nd, they'd owe Najee about $6.6 million in 2025. And the reason why he would not make $10.1 million, and you say, Mark, well, I thought Najee made the Pro Bowl. When he made the Pro Bowl as a rookie, it was as an alternate, not as an initial selection. So that bumps him down to what's considered a playtime option, meaning he'd be owed about $6.6 million in 2025. Now, Najee Harris has had three consecutive seasons where he's had 1,000 yards rushing. You have the 17-game regular season schedule. So a thousand yards isn't what it used to be from back in the day. Harris is the only, is the first running back in franchise history to start his career with three consecutive thousand yard seasons. First running back in the NFL since Alfred Morris to do that. So it's pretty rare. And there's a stat Najee Harris has since he was drafted in 2021. He's been the best running back in the second half of seasons has a league best 2,116 yards from week nine on the end of the season. So he's better on the back half of seasons than he is on the front half of the seasons. We say this all the time, November, December, January with Najee. That's when he plays his best ball. But his long run in his NFL career, at least during the regular season, is 37 yards. You want to pay Najee Harris a premium at $6.6 million? I don't know about this one. I know what Najee Harris brings to the locker room. I know what he is as a professional. I know he's everything you'd want. He's not going to cause problems off the field. And he stays durable. He's healthy. He's played in every single regular season game the last three years. He rarely fumbles the ball, too. Rarely fumbles. He's had two fumbles lost from a rushing standpoint, one from a receiving standpoint. And his reception totals have been down declining performance because Jalen Warren has been better and better. And what I mean by that is he's, he hasn't gotten as many touches when he led the NFL as a rookie in the 2021 season. If the Steelers were going to continue to use him like that, it's not going to last very long, but $6.6 million when you could probably get better positional value, unless he brings a lot to the Steelers locker room. And you can argue that he could, he was a captain before Kenny Pickett was named a captain this past season. I think the demeanor that he has, what you want in being a Pittsburgh Steeler is something you'd want from Najee. But if they don't pick up his fifth-year option and maybe this would make him angry, maybe you get better production out of him as a result of that. But you then get closer to him being a free agent. And do you really think Najee Harris or really any running backs worth that amount of value? See, this is where when Kevin Colbert was the GM, Drafting Najee Harris in the first round. Drafting Kenny Pickett. We're looking at it right now. And let's be honest, how many other teams would either of those players start for right now? And I like Najee. I like Kenny. I like their demeanors. I'm not talking about them personally. 
I'm simply talking about on-field production and on-field performance, period. And when I look at Najee Harris's number, like 4.1 yards per carry, again, he stays healthy, plays in all of the games. I get all of that. Eight touchdowns this last year, but his long run for his career is 37 yards. He's a chain mover, but every now and then you need to just rip one off. And that's what Jalen Warren can do. And you can say, Mark, well, different styles. You need both. Couldn't you get another running back in there to compliment Jalen Warren that you could pay less than $6.6 million? And then when Najee becomes a free agent, I'm sure he's going to want to be a premium. But what's he worth on an open market to other teams relative to what the Steelers should pay? So this is where right now I'm leaning towards no, but I'm also leaning towards no to where if he gets into a contract year in year four and he's angry, maybe he raises his level of play for the 2024 season to where he's in a contract season and he's fighting for that second deal. And then maybe you say you get into the argument of if he has a stellar season, would you have to use the franchise tag on him if you don't pick up the fifth year option between now and May 2nd? He's been everything you'd want from a player in terms of demeanor, in terms of working hard, all of that. But going north and he's got to go north and south. And when he goes east and west and he turns his shoulders to the line of scrimmage, that's exactly what opposing defenses want him to do. When he's out in the open field, the analogy I make is it's like a car that's stuck in in first gear and he can't get into second and third gear because it's not the style of running back that he is. Now, again, when you're able to spell him and keep him healthy on the back half of seasons, he's really important. This was the first year. This year was the first year Najee Harris had back-to-back 100-yard games. He had never done that in his career. So it's not like we're talking about right now someone who's like, an all pro caliber running back. I like Najee Harris a lot, but do you want to pay him a premium? Do you want to pay any running back a premium in the current NFL? There's a reason why they've been devalued for better or for worse. And we started to see a little bit of this leading up to this season when Saquon Barkley has to fight to get the contract that he has. Think about it this way. Saquon's making what between 10 and 11 million he isn't better than uh, Najee Harris isn't better than Saquon. Let's let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. So for 6.6, maybe, maybe. But if you say, hey, Najee, we're not going to pick up your fifth year deal between now and May 2nd. What does that do to him psychologically? And can he raise his level of play to another level for this upcoming season? And then you might say, well, Mark, then he's going to be raising what he's worth contractually. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Again, what would he be worth right now in an open market where he just barely eclipses a thousand yards? And again, let's not pretend a thousand yards is back compared to when like Jim Brown played and you had 12 game seasons. Thousand yards in 17 games. Come on. And I get that it's a different NFL. I get there's a more emphasis on passing. Again, none of this is a knock on Najee Harris's character. But it's where positionally the NFL is at the running back position. And I'll be honest with you, I would, if I was a general manager of any team, I'll use Mike Tomlin's line here. I'd never say never, but I'd never draft a running back in the first round. And I get why the Steelers did it. They did it because it came down from Art Rooney II saying, 
that season in 2020 when the Steelers finished dead last in the NFL in rushing, that's not Steelers football. Now, is that the running back? Is that the offensive line? Something else that needs to improve for Pittsburgh. And is that finally starting to move in the direction that you want it to in terms of the development and getting a push with Broderick Jones and company? A lot to discuss there. Let me get to some comments here. Um, M. Sparks saying, Harris has got to give us a discount 100%. And Corey checking in as well. Uh, M. Sparks, thanks for checking in. Saying, Najee needs someone to film study with to study the angles and reading the holes better than he'll be a premier back. There's certainly talent there. There's no doubt about that. He wouldn't have been a first-round pick otherwise. And I get the whole narrative of, oh, a California kid going to Alabama and working and working his way up with the Alabama roster and everything. Three straight years of 1,000 yards. And again, hasn't been done 2012, 2014 with Alfred Morris, league-wide. But I can also point to other stats that make my argument as well of, do you really want to pay a premium for Najee? Do you really, really want to do that? Uh, Victory Asher saying, said the same thing about James Conner, and he's been balling out for the Cardinals. Here's the difference with James Conner, though. James Conner could never stay healthy. That's something Najee has over James Conner. When James Conner's been on the field, he's a very good running back. I would not say he's an elite running back, but when he's healthy, he's a top 10 running back. There's no doubt about that. James Conner hasn't been able to stay healthy throughout the duration of his career. Go look it up and look at the number of games played. Simple as that. Simple as that. Um, M. Spark saying, keep the one-two punch with Harrison Warren, Pittsburgh Steelers for life. Yeah, I I mean, for 2024, that's got to be a big part of your offense again. Can Najee level up, though, his level of play? And running backs don't get any younger. I don't know if he'll get any faster in his career. This is going to be a huge decision that the Steelers make. And they have between now and May 2nd. And I will say this about Najee, regardless of how you feel. Thankfully, it's $6.6 million versus about $10.1 million if you were ever selected to the Pro Bowl. If you had to pay Najee Harris $10.1 million for the 2025 season, no way. No way. Huge difference between the $6.6 million and the $10.1 million. And the Steelers, from the front office standpoint, you don't think the reason why Jalen Warren got more and more touches, well, he was really effective with the ball in his hands. That's number one. And I'd argue better than Najee. Then number two, had Najee made another Pro Bowl, picking up the fifth-year option for $10.1 million? Nope. No way. No way. Um, let's get to some other thoughts. Mike Tomlin is coming back for 2024, which we all knew. And after he spoke, Art Rooney II telling, uh, I think it was the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, that they're planning on working a contract extension for him. That's important for the Steelers to get the best offensive coordinator possible because try to sign an offensive coordinator with a lame duck coach with only one year left on his deal, and you're tying yourself to a ship that might not be there beyond 2024, even if it's just on paper. Steelers have to extend Tomlin's contract to get the best possible OC for this upcoming season and beyond. So that's number one. Number two, a uh, few other things. 
TJ Watt will not play in the Pro Bowl due to his injury. He won't need surgery. And the good thing is Tomlin says that he probably would have played against the Ravens this week had the Steelers advanced to the divisional round. So encouraging news there for TJ Watt, and he won't play in the Pro Bowl, so no need to get hurt. Cam Hayward's also going to be back for 2024. Final year of his contract, and he's owed $22.4 million. Can you get one more high, high level of play from Cam Hayward? Hopefully he can remain healthy throughout the duration of the season because coming back from a groin injury probably wasn't that healthy towards the end of the year. And what he does to galvanize a locker room and the leadership that he brings. But beyond the 2024 season, you're not going to be paying Cam Hayward in his mid-30s now, 20 plus million dollars uh, for the rest of his career. It's just, it's a young man's game. Steelers have the 20th overall pick in the 2024 drafts. Have a lot of decisions to make though. This is a huge season because you got a team option for Allen Robinson. I'd imagine they're not going to pick that up. It's $11.9 million, not worth the level of production. If you need a third receiver, a guy I've seen out there is going to be a free agent, Tyler Boyd from the Bengals. He's already saying he likes Tomlin, so that's a possibility. Are you going to flip Broderick Jones to the left tackle position? Chooks Okorafor was your highest paid offensive lineman this year at $10.25 million. He would be owed... Let's see here. $9.75 million for this upcoming season. Dead cap hip of about $3 million. So there's good chance Chooks Okorafor is not on this roster next year. Not if you're going to pay a premium for a backup tackle. Now, Dan Moore Jr., the reason why, okay, why do you flip Dan Moore Jr. over? Or, or, or Dan Moore, why would you maybe move him to right tackle and Broderick Jones to left tackle? Dan Moore Jr., say what you want about him. You're paying him less than $2 million a year. But beyond 2024, he's going to be making a heck of a lot more than that. A lot of Steelers entering contract seasons. Pat Fryermuth, Deontay Johnson, Dan Moore Jr., Cam Hayward, Patrick Peterson, DeMonte Casey. A lot of players entering contract seasons for Pittsburgh. So it's a big year. Do you want to pay a premium for a lot of those players that I just named? A lot of those players are going to want to ball out to get the contracts that they seek, whether it's with Pittsburgh or not. So this is a big offseason, but the next offseason, you're talking about a huge roster turnover. Key starters and contributors currently on this team. Roster's going to look a little bit different next year, but come 2025, you could see a huge overhaul. A huge overhaul of this roster. And this is a concern that I had because you try to get this offense right, most of the salary caps allocated to defense with TJ Watt and Cam and Alex Highsmith and Mika Fitzpatrick. Well, okay, when that flips, when that offense starts to get right, what happens to the defense? Does the defense falter and suffer? Because when the Killer Bees were doing their thing, Steelers' defense wasn't quite right. Offense was lighting up the scoreboard. Okay, now you try to get the offense right again. Is the defense going to hold up to what it is right now? And I'll be honest, too, in the playoffs, defense did not hold its end of the bargain. Josh Allen carved this defense up. 21-0 lead to start on the road, frigid temperatures with Mason Rudolph. The guy stars your third-string quarterback start the season? Nah, not a recipe for success. And it's been in the playoffs. There are stats to prove this out there. 
in the playoffs when this vaunted defense hasn't been what it's needed to be. Now, during the regular season, it has been. And is that a result of the defense getting stuck on the field, losing time of possession? All of this factors in. All of this factors in. But once you get this offense right, hopefully as soon as next season, what happens defensively is players start to age out, get older, sign with different teams and what have you. But that's just the reality of the situation with where you're at. Let me get to some more comments and I'll go ahead and sign off here. This has been fun here on a Friday night here on the Believe in Steelers show. Brian saying Chooks is gone, especially after the comments that he made. Yeah, he got binged for comments that he made and they put Broderick Jones in. Now, Broderick Jones initially when he filled in for an injured Dan Moore Jr. started at left tackle, then at the right tackle position. Broderick Jones was up and down a little bit, but all in all, I thought had a good rookie season. I thought this entire class was very impressive. Making plays, Joey Porter Jr., Nick Herbig, Keanu Benton, which statistically it might not show. Mike Tomlin earlier this week saying there's times where he could be a star. How do we make that happen sooner rather than later? Talking about filling in a post-Cam Hayward era after 2024, where Cam might want to retire, what kind of deal he would fetch and get from the Steelers beyond this upcoming season. Father time's undefeated. No knock on what Cam Hayward has done, what has been a Hall of Fame career for him. But a season where he makes $22 million, he makes $20 plus million, it's probably the last year. And I like Cam Hayward a lot. It's the heart and soul of the Steelers and the Steelers defense. Is that Keanu Benton? Is that another player that's not currently on the Steelers roster? Uh, Victory saying, I think Cam is willing to restructure for a team-friendly deal. That would be very beneficial and helpful to the Steelers overall. And I know sometimes what they'll do is they'll change the signing bonus and the guaranteed money, and they'll just change that to signing bonus to free up salary cap space to where the player makes the same amount of money, but in terms of how it's allocated with regard to the salary cap, Yeah, this draft class, some people were comparing it to the 74 class where you drafted four Hall of Famers. You had five overall. I believe it was Donnie Schill who was undrafted. One of of the five from the 74 class was undrafted, but it was a really good rookie class. And Omar Khan, yeah, M. Spark saying Omar Khan is demand. Could not agree more. Could not agree more. And I like Colbert, but look at the first round picks of the previous two years. And the decision to sign Mitch Trubisky. They signed Mitch before they drafted Kenny Pickett, remember. It was going to be Mitch and Mason and Dwayne Haskins. RIP to Dwayne Haskins. Kenny Pickett slides to number 20. Got to take him. No doubt about that. But that track record of what had been tremendous success, are you paying for those sins now? question it's a question that's out there but omar khan uh there's a reason i call him the con artist uh i like calling it the wrath of khan a little star trek reference but it's going to be a big off season for omar khan again and he's got to be ready and when mike tomlin meets with the media members this week and saying you know he wishes he was still in the tournament he wishes he didn't have to go down to mobile alabama to the senior bowl but the Steelers crushed the draft again. 
they crush the draft again. It's not just playoffs. It's a 10 and seven season. Yeah. You want to actually win your first playoff game for the first time since January, 2017. But what are the things that you need to do to move yourself in that direction? And it was the most honest I've seen Mike Tomlin in a news conference setting, not talking about when he's been on podcasts, he's been here on the believe in Steelers show or Ryan Clark's show, the pivot or other podcasts. I know he's been on with Bryant McFadden's show, all great shows, by the way, check them out. But it was the most forthright he's been with media members about where he's at professionally, what the Steelers need to do moving forward in 2024 and beyond. And I tried to set the roadmap for you. I've been telling you what's going to happen now for weeks. So the people who have watched this show, thank you for your continued support. Because I just try to tell it how I see it, but what the truth is. And it's really simple for me. It's what you should be thinking and why you should be thinking that way. It's that simple. It's that simple. So like... Yeah, and I get that even with the playoff win. It's not winning a Super Bowl. I get that. I get that. But you got to win a playoff game before you can go to the Super Bowl. And January 2017 was the last time the Steelers have won a playoff game. You can you can point to bad offense, quarterback, all of it. What we're mad about is the lack of playoff success now for several years and get bounced in the first round for several years and just barely getting into the playoffs, being – just at 500, maybe a little bit better. How do you build? How do you build and get back to being one of the elite franchises? Because after the 70s Steelers, 80s, 90s, it almost been 20 or 30 years. I hope we don't have to wait that long again to see another Super Bowl in Pittsburgh. But you had to wait some time. And so with the new OC, if you can get it, if you can knock the offensive coordinator position out of the park. Could you resurrect and get Kenny Pickett to where, where he needs to be? Or if Kenny's not the guy in year three and you say, okay, we don't want to pick up his fifth year option. You know, you look further down the line of quarterbacks who probably aren't even in the NFL right now. I was joking with a friend of mine of, oh, should the Chicago Bears trade the first overall pick? And it's like, what, trade back and get more picks so they can draft Arch Manning, Archie Manning several years from now? So it's like, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But with the draft capital that they had with him, at least they have a roadmap of how can we be successful this upcoming season and beyond and not replicate the same mistakes that we've consistently made year after year after year after year. And I think that goes into hiring an offensive coordinator from outside the organization. And then again, part of that is going to say, we've got to extend Tomlin to give whoever that new OC is assurance that you're not tying yourself to a, a lame duck head coach and I'm not saying Tom is a lame duck head coach. They're going to work out his contract. But what I'm saying is, is a coach who only has one year left on his deal. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And, and here's another thing too. Here's another thing too. This is a great comment. C note stocks. And this is where I'll sign off saying the Steelers haven't had a quarterback, an elite quarterback to win it all because that's what it's required. It's not like it was back in the day. Go talk to some of the former Steelers players from that 08 team or that 05 team 
It's a dominant defense. Yeah, Ben made plays when he needed to. Certainly saved them in the Super Bowl. No doubt about that. I know they went to the Super Bowl in 10 as well. Maybe they ran out of time. But go back and talk to some of the defensive players. It's the defense. So that was what the recipe could be a decade ago, decade plus ago. Look at the quarterbacks that are in the, in all the games right now. It's the elite of the elite, generally speaking. Year in and year out, generally speaking, got to have a stud quarterback. Ben, who's a future Hall of Famer, the last two years of his career didn't move the same. Mitch Trubisky, he got benched four games in the last season for rookie Kenny Pickett. Pickett, who, okay, at best, has struggled with injuries. And then Mason Rudolph, who made the most of his opportunity this year and didn't turn the ball over. They've got to get back to elite-level quarterback play. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. Whether that's with Pickett or whether that's beyond, whoever the new OC is, got to raise the level of play at the quarterback position. My name is Mark Bergen. Thank you so much for watching here on a Friday night. 44 loyal and devoted watching live here on YouTube. Hope I answered all of your questions as best I could. Always enjoy our What Yins Think segment where people can comment and weigh in and interact with me, with my co-host, Ike Taylor. He's going to be very busy in the coming weeks because he's going to be scouting a lot of these bowl games. He'll be down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile and several of them in the state of Florida where he lives. And it's going to be fun talking with him about what the processes are for what the Steelers are going to do from a draft standpoint. Pittsburgh's got the 20th pick in 2024. There's a lot of time between now and April. And remember, then you have free agency afterwards. We know who the Steelers' opponents will be next year, but we'll have the schedule reveal. And a lot of ways we're busier in the offseason than we are during the regular season, which is kind of crazy to say, but this is now a 24-7, 365 type of thing. And there's going to be a lot to discuss this offseason because the quarterback carousel is going to start up here. I cannot wait to see the coaching carousel where other coaches go. And that's another thing, too, for the people that wanted to ride Tomlin out of town. You'd have to compete with the other head coaches, uh, the other head coaching vacancies in the league. And there's a lot of very talented coaches that are out there right now that you could go hire. Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, Pete Carroll. I mean, I, I could keep going on and on and on and on. Those are three veteran coaches that have a lot of experience. A lot of experience in playoff success. Keep it here on Believe in Steelers throughout the course of the offseason, though. I cannot wait for all this to unfold. Enjoy this weekend, too. The divisional round, obviously, wish the Steelers were playing. But we get closer into the offseason and what this roster is going to look like in 2024, what the quarterback position is going to look like in 2024, and what the Steelers do at offensive coordinator is going to be fascinating. Keep it here on Believe in Steelers. My name is Mark Bergen. Have a fantastic Friday night, rest of your weekends. Take care. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.